1: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Thursday, December 21. We are getting so close to Christmas, you can almost taste it. We will obviously have a pod tomorrow, and I think then we'll probably power down until Wednesday because I know even though there's good sports on Christmas Day with the NBA, Rob's not going to want to record. I'm not going to want to record. You know, I'll probably do some drinking with the family, board games, all that fun. Christmas... Christmas stuff. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, I think we'll come back Wednesday if that works. I didn't even run it by the big bosses. I was just calling an audible here, uh, making a decision. Listen, it was a a tough Wednesday for your boy. So as you guys know, and I'll be brief on this, um, something happened on my back right around the time of the, um, the men's league championship game. I went lifting on Saturday. And, you know, rock a tank top. It, there's a lot of um, talent, shall we say, in the room. And your boy's trying to like, you know, put up some weight on, on incline. And I ended up having to stretch my back more than normal. I was like, Ooh, that didn't feel great. So I finish up the usual workout routine and, um, it didn't feel great. But of course, Sunday morning, Jay, we got, we got to run. It's a great tune up for the championship. So I do the run and rarely does your boy get on the floor, you know, and, and, and make a hustle play in pickup. Come on. I'm not doing that, but I felt like it was an opportunity. And then I did. And I kind of got tweaked it a little more and I was like, damn. Doesn't feel good. I played another game. I was like, all right, I'm out, I'm out. And then one day, wake up, horrible. Get a get a massage. Go to play in the championship. Wasn't myself. Didn't play great. And then since last Monday, I've been, I haven't been able to like exercise. I can't run. The dog. I'm walking the dog. He starts jogging, and then I'm like, ooh, ooh, slow down. Oh, slow. I, I can't do anything. It feels like crap. And I've never really had a long injury. I had like rolled my ankle and I was on crutches back in Pennsylvania, and then I had the eye and the stitches. But other than that, like, I've been healthy. So finally, I, I'm like, I, I would wake up, and I can't really put my freaking socks on. You know, it's like major pain in the lower back. So I finally, I got a buddy um, whose kid played sports with my kid, and he's like a back specialist, spine specialist. So I went in and got an x-ray Wednesday, and ultimately they were like, mm, not great. It's not the end of the world. It's just like, you know, the the L5 vertebrae is starting to de- degenerate a little bit. Um This happens to everyone, just happens, you know, a little earlier to athletic types. you know, take it easy, power down for a month. And as soon as I hear a month, I'm like, what? He's like, well, it started two weeks ago, right? You've been feeling this. So just give it another two weeks. And I'm just like, all right, but now I got to get an MRI just to make sure it's nothing else. And I'm just like, this stinks right around the holidays. Remember, your boy's usually healthy. And I had the throat surgery in August. It's like, what the hell? I'm telling you guys, get into your 40s, get that colonoscopy. You got the health issues. Listen, if you're in your 30s, live it up, folks. That's all I got to say. Um, speaking of living it up, first of all, we'll do best bet for Raven. I'm sorry, not Ravens. Rams-Saints. Massive game tonight at SoFi. Like, it's a huge one. The playoff ramifications are, it's a huge swing game. You don't want to lose this if you're the Rams. Saints were four and a half. I got Rams thinking it'd go up. Lines come down. Olave's in. We'll talk about that later. Uh, maybe we'll touch on this Ravens disrespect nonsense. Um, but I need to start with something that happened. Actually, I think this happened late Tuesday. I, I didn't see it. We didn't talk about it on the herd. I was blissfully unaware until Rob G puts out a tweet that's all cryptic about Curry. And I'm like, what is that about? And But then I went back, you know, doing my thing. And then I talked to Rob about what we should talk about this morning. And he's like, what about Shaq and Curry? And I was like, okay, what did he say? So I have to look it up. And Shaq, on Tuesday night after Curry hit that bomb to put the Celtics to sleep, Shaq, now Barkley was not on the set, which leads to my point in a sec, but Shaq essentially says, you know, I think it's time we start to talk about Curry is not like uh, one of the best point guards or the best point guard, but like one of the best players ever. And Kenny Smith jumps in and is like, whoa, is he better than you? And Shaq's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm the biggest fan of Steph Curry. He was better than me. And then it just kind of devolves there because Kenny Smith is like, You know, he's extremely vanilla, doesn't offer like hot takes. He's just like the middleman, kind of the voice of reason. Everything is in that gray area. He doesn't go one way or the other. Shaq will go strong one way. Barkley will go strong the other. And then Kenny kind of is like that middleman. And that was kind of it. Like there was no massive pushback. You know, um, it was it was odd. And my instant theory was, well, where's Barkley weighing in on this? Oh, Oh, I see what it is. Barkley's not there. The show doesn't have as much juice. I bet that B- Shaq teed this up thinking, oh, this will go viral. This will be big. And no no Barkley here. You know, this is a big one. That was my my initial reaction. Now, I haven't heard Rob's take on this. You guys know I'm a massive Curry hunk. Um, I, I got the uh, got the selfie with him at my gym a couple years ago. He, listen, everything about the guy is likable. I know he's not for everyone. He's a below-the-rim superstar in an above-the-rim league. A lot of guys don't like that. Um, greatest shooter of all times, obvious. Put him one of the best point guards ever, if not the best. I mean, the guy's just a tremendous ambassador for the league. Like I, I find no holes in his game. He won before Kevin Durant. He then recruited Kevin Durant, won with Durant. Durant leaves. He wins without Durant. So I don't want to hear this, you know, um, a lot of media guys, oh, he's never had any clutch shots. He just doesn't do clutch shots. Well, go look back at the Celtics series in the finals. I mean, the guy's as clutch as anybody. I don't want to hear this final eight-second Steph Curry, two for 20. Like, I don't give a shit about it. Like, come on. You know the sample size? The guy's played hundreds, thou- probably thousands of games. I don't even have the stats in front of me. He's probably played conservatively 1,500 games. I'm just guessing. 82 games plus the playoffs. He's in about year four. No, he's probably, probably closer to like 12 or 1300 games. But you're going to boil it down to like 27 shots in, 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 in 1200 games or whatever? That's insanity. That's not, you know, that's silly. I mean, Steph Curry, for me, is unparalleled as a player. We'll, we've, he's a unicorn. We've never seen a Steph Curry. I don't think we'll see another one. Now, guys like Kobe White can go postal for a week. And, and, and Reggie Miller had a nice career, but it pales in comparison to Curry. Uh, Ray Allen had an excellent career, tremendous three-point shooter. Dale Ellis. I mean, you go down the list of great, great, great shooters. Ain't nobody do, did what Steph Curry does. It's just we've never seen this. Now, obviously, the game has changed. His volume is incredible. But there are some Steph Curry haters. Um, I think he's probably every single time I go to an NBA game where the Warriors are playing, what at least one in ten, maybe two in ten people are wearing Curry jerseys. It's unbelievable. People love the guy. But I'm very curious what Rob G has to take, has to say on this take because his tweet is what triggered this, and now I know Rob's laying in the cut, being like, "All right, here we push back against your boy Curry," and um, let's hear it, Rob. Jason, there aren't many things I
2: don't like about you. I think you're generally a good dude. I I like following you on the gram aside from the shirtless (laughs) post. I'm glad you've kind of reeled that in a little bit. But the one thing that I don't like about you in this space is that you've painted me as the Steph Curry hater on the show.
0: Hater, hater.
2: And and I feel like that's just the bridge too far because I, I don't think I'm a hater. I just think that I'm so... Centrist about Steph Curry, and you are so infatuated with him because he's uh, spotted you at the gym when you were doing the uh, the uh, hammer curls in the in the front of the big mirror, and he was there to make sure you didn't you get full extension. Look,
1: Here we
2: go. Steph Curry's great. He's an all time great. He he's going to have his jersey retired. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of NBA players. All of that is true. The problem that I have with guys like you is that you've become so infatuated with the way that Steph Curry makes you feel that you've become blinded by what's actually in front of you, by the resume, okay. right? So Shaq got this whole thing kicked off when he said, you know, it's it's arguable that Steph Curry is, is you know, time to have the conversation. Is he one of the greatest players of all time? And shout out to Kenny Smith for not letting him get away with this one and just saying no, that the, the greatest player – Debate, the GOAT debate in the NBA history, it's three guys and anything else is reaching. It's Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Anyone else is not welcome into that conversation. So shout out to Kenny for clearing that up. But the reason why a guy like Shaq brings it up is, and the same way that you do is when we watch Steph Curry play, he makes you feel almost like a, a child again the joyfulness that he plays with. Again, the fact that he's below the rim, that he reminds you of something that maybe you could have done if you would have really worked on your craft long enough in in a different way that, you know, not everyone's going to grow up to be 6'8", 260 like LeBron James and have a 40-inch vertical. Not everyone's going to grow up to be, uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, 7'1", 350 that can bulldoze through anybody and has the the grace and power that, you know, you'd only get in your finest automobiles. Like that, That's just not realistic. Steph Curry looks like someone you might know. He looks like someone you might have played with in your men's rec basketball league. You know, that, that he may have given it to the to the Silver Foxes at least once.
1: Gray you know, Foxes, yes. Or the
2: Gray Foxes, excuse me. And, and, and I understand that. But just because that stuff is true doesn't give you or anyone else the right to put him ahead and above of guys who just flat out have better resumes. Steph does not belong in the GOAT conversation. He's maybe a top 10-ish player of all time, and that's if you're willing to debate guys like 8 through 12, okay? You and I talked before we started recording, and I was trying to figure out, like, what is it that people don't like about Steph Curry? He didn't say anything wrong. He's a good family man. He smiles a lot. The way he plays is fun to watch. And I kind of settled on the reason why people NBA Twitter – YouTube commenters, what have you. The reason why they don't really like him is because there's been this push by the mainstream media, which I am a Lame part of, stream media. Yeah, yes, yes. And yes. you are a part of, to anoint him before he's ever fully accomplished that level of success. And I, and I brought you up as an example. So that's why it's full disclosure. You and I talked about this already. Now America's going to hear us talking about it. After he won his first one, The conversation was Is he already the greatest small player ever? He's better than Allen Iverson because he's got the ring. You know, now the next guy to pass is Isaiah Thomas, right? So he wins the second one. And you, I believe, went on record early on back on Fox Sports Radio saying he's better than Isaiah Thomas. He's closing in on Magic Johnson after two. He wins the third one with Kevin Durant and you and i debated this but i'm almost positive that you said even after the third one he is now better than magic johnson he's the greatest point guard ever the way he changed the game the way he shoots he's the best he's the best point guard ever then he wins the fourth one mm. and you said on this podcast he's all he's automatically a top 10 player of all time and in my opinion and i feel like in the in the opinions of most people who comment on these sort of things that are not on forward-facing media, podcasts and TV, what have you, think that's too soon. That That's premature. That that sounds good in theory until you really have to name off the 9-10 the guys that he's better than. That you really have to break down the resume of a Magic Johnson versus Steph Curry. That mm. you really have to break down what Isaiah Thomas did with the Bad Boy Pistons and what Steph did with the Warriors before he won this fourth one. And I think guys like you, not necessarily you specifically, but guys like you who have the microphone and have the platform and have been pushing the Steph Curry agenda for you know the better part of a decade, I think that's why he has become such a divisive figure. And it's why guys like me are now labeled as haters of Steph Curry, even though I love watching Steph Curry.
1: So I would agree with a lot of that. It's just when you get to the whole resume thing, I'm of the belief that context really matters, Rob. Mm-hmm. And yes, when you do the counting stuff, Magic Johnson has more rings. Magic Johnson has more MVPs. Magic has more first-team all nba yeah, yeah, check, 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 check. The button, done. I think what our debate at the time was, was like, wait a minute. Magic Johnson got drafted to a team with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was already... I don't know if he was the best player in the league at that moment, but he was certainly one of the top five players in the league. He was already an MVP had won a title with the Bucks. Like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the man. He ended up being the leading scorer in the history of the sport. Magic got drafted to that team. And then, and I still haven't looked into how the hell this happened, the Lakers ended up drafting James Worthy, who was, I believe, the leading scorer on Michael Jordan's team at North Carolina when he was there. And James Worthy was like a top five guy. So all of a sudden, you've got... Holy cow, Magic went to greatness. Steph Curry went to a team with Monta Ellis and, and uh, a bunch of other guys who, you know, let's be real, never did anything. And it, they built it around him. I, I mean, obviously, the Lakers needed Magic. He was the Finals MVP as a rookie. Um, game six, blah, blah, blah. 42 points as a center. Unbelievable stuff against Moses Malone or whoever the, who, the Sixers had. I think it was Moses Malone. Um, and, like, I just felt like that context kind of mattered. And then, you know, Curry was knocked well. You know, he only won one, then he lost to 73. Okay, we got Durant. Okay, well, he won with Durant, but Durant was the best player on his team. Okay, well, James Worthy, I think, was the finals of the MV, uh, finals MVP in 88 when he had a triple double in game seven. And I think Jabbar was MVP of the finals in one of the years Magic won it. I think I'll have to double check, but like that stuff happens. And then Durant leaves, and it's like, well, Curry's still got to prove it. Okay, well, he beat the cell. Like he's answered every question, no? Yeah, I I think
2: he he has, and and, and I, again, this is why I don't like being labeled as Steph Curry hater. Even though I got to wear it for this conversation, I think both statements can be true, right? Because everything that you said about Steph Curry is accurate. Like his his story is wholly unique in the in the NBA, if only because he changed the way people viewed good NBA basketball, right? Like it, it, the seven seconds or less Suns get a lot of credit for for the pace and space era, like they were the first ones to do it. And then James Harden and those rockets took it to a new level. Well, Steph Curry's the only one who actually won playing like that. He was the only mm-hmm. one who showed that you can play this quote unquote gimmick style where it's him shooting threes, you know, half Shimming. looking over one shoulder and yeah. shimmy like, and you can actually win a championship that way. So I understand all of that. I think the, the other, the, the flip side of that though, is, when Steph Curry does have these, you know, quote unquote low lights in his career, the blowing the 3 1 lead, it's not viewed as Steph Curry blew a 3 1 lead when you talk about it in the mm. pantheon of sports. It's viewed as LeBron James came back from 3 1, right? When it's viewed as Steph Curry recruited Kevin Durant after blowing the 3 1 lead, it's not looked at that way. It's Kevin Durant joined a 73-win team to team up with Steph Curry, right? He's always viewed in the slanted prism of being the positive side of things. He doesn't wear the failures and and the, the hiccups in the same way that Kevin Durant does, that LeBron does, that Kobe does, that even Magic Johnson does. Like, he, he always, because he smiles, because he's fun to watch, because he doesn't say anything really outside of sports that gets people to be you know divisive towards him he almost always seems to get the benefit of the doubt
1: okay i just looked up that cav series where they blew the 3-1 lead um he averaged 22 4 and 3 which are not amazing how's this he shot 40% from 3 in that series now he did have a rough game 7 17 points that 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 game was a tough one but game six, they lost. He had thirty, hit six threes. Game five, they lost. He had twenty five, hit five threes. Like in game four, they won, which was the big one to go up three. When he had thirty eight seven threes, like it's not like he was bad in that series, you know. It just was, I don't know. I maybe we're going too in the weeds here, and I am trying to, do it to defend Curry. I will be clear. I don't think he's the greatest player in NBA history. I, I I don't really know why Shaq would go there other than to try to go viral. Mission accomplished. Um I think there is a Steph Curry is X Y Z greatest in NBA history. You know he's done shooter. Um, I don't think anybody's spaced the floor like him before. You've got to guard him thirty feet from the hoop. You could say Dame Lillard and is in that discussion, but he, he's really changed the way the league has been played. And um, I, I don't know, Rob. We'll call this. Um, you're not a hater, and uh, I'm not going overboard with Curry. We'll just we'll just co- okay, put we'll me in the middle. Room. Football is back. No more preseason games. The regular season is here. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on GameTime, the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last minute, amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football teams this September, download Game Time, And it's not just football. GameTime has tickets to baseball games, Concerts and comedy shows across the country. Download the Game Time app and redeem code JMAC for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code JMAC. That's J M A C for twenty dollars off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So right. I want to quickly do this um, this Clippers story. So the Clippers last night. Um, go into Dallas. Mavs were playing some of the best basketball in the league. And no, Kyrie Irving is still not playing. He's got this injury. And the Clippers go in there and they take over in the fourth quarter and win the game in Dallas. A really nice win. It is now, I believe, their ninth straight victory. Harden 17 and 11. Kawhi Leonard was the story. 30 and 10. Had a gorgeous Euro step that sent the bench into hysterics. And... The paperclips bench, uh, Daniel Vice, uh, 11. Russ, 10. Norm Powell, 21. Now, they did play. Um, one guy missed the game. I'm not sure who it was, but Coffee and Mann started in the backcourt. Uh, oh, Paul George didn't play. Holy cow. Paul George did not play, and they went into Dallas and beat the Clippers. Um, I guess Dallas fans will argue we didn't have Kyrie. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't know. I, I had this take on the herd that I really liked, and I heard from some of you about it. So – when the Clippers acquired Harden, everybody was like, this is going to be a failure. Five games in, and in they're doing horribly. Oh, this is a total bust. Oh, my goodness, it's awful. Um, it, it, eight, eight games in, Ty Lue's like preaching patience. Hey, it's going to take us 10 games. It's going to take us uh, a little longer. You know, it, it, P.J. Tucker's giving like quotes when he shouldn't be kind of blasting the team. There's not enough basketball. It's just a bunch of, the, the noise was ugly, okay? And I was over here preaching patience and saying, listen, you get the, enough good talent together, smart coaches are going to figure it out. And my big theory here is that it's not what you are, a.k.a. Harden goes to the Clippers and they are garbage. It's what you can be, which is what you're seeing during this nine-game winning streak. And essentially, my big argument was, for instance, and I'll make it about myself in a minute, but one time I went to Vegas uh, with some buddies, and I had been at FS1 for like a year or two. And we get, you know, we think we're ballers. We get one of these cabanas at the Cosmo and poolside. And, of course, all the, you know, girls are like, oh, look at what these guys would do. Maybe we could still get some free drinks and we could snuff that out early. We're just like, not happening. No thanks. Um, We had, like, the pool in our cabana. It was pretty cool, fun. And all of a sudden, like, you know, midway through the day, this big dude rolls up in a cabana next to us. And it was clear that he was a former athlete, tatted up, big dude. I'm talking, like, 6'3 jacked, you know? Um, And he rolls up with just one girl. And I'm like, oh. Maybe a girlfriend, side piece. I don't know. So, you know, she goes, to, we're all like, oh, this is this NFL, NBA? It's summer. He's not playing in the summer league. So his girlfriend goes to um, eat or whatever or goes to the bathroom. And I end up just uh, saying, you know what? Come on, guys. I'm on TV. I don't mind going over. I go over talk to him. What's up, man? How are you? Yo, where'd you play at? And then he says, Virginia Tech. And I was like, oh, shoot. That's where I went. Uh, he's like, oh, nice, you know, blah, blah. blah. So we talk, and I realized when I'm talking to him, I could under, I finally put it together. I literally didn't know who it was, and um, I just put it together in my head. Oh my gosh, this is Cam Chancellor of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and he starts, t- you know, we start talking about the draft. I admit that I'm like a big draft nerd and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, man, they nobody knew what to do with me when I was coming out, you know. I was like a hybrid. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Could could we bulk him up and put him on defensive end? Do do we make him a tight end? What do we do with Nobody knew what to do with him. So he falls in the draft. And Cam Chancellor, a a really good player in college. But again, a lot of teams want to put you in a box. This is our X. This is our Y. We can make him a Z. Like they did not know what to do with the dude. I mean... They just—they were clueless. So he drops and drops, and he's a fifth-round pick. Well, Seattle, which was at the time trying to create the Legion of Boom, says, "Oh man, this guy's really good. Holy cow! Well, you know, he doesn't totally have the forty-speed. You know what? What, Why don't Why don't we put him at safety? Okay. And you know the rest, of course, is history. Um, Like Cam Chancellor went from being like a special teams guy. Cornerback, linebacker—they figure him out. It's at Virginia Tech. He was a safety, but they didn't know if anybody he could play safety in the league. And Cam Chancellor goes on to just be an unbelievable inside the box safety. Could play in the secondary. Could cover tight ends. Could keep up with line uh, running backs, sort of out of the backfield. And he ends up being just an incredible all-around talent. Um, Second-team All-Pro a couple times. Just a really awesome player. And my whole argument with Cam Chancellor is. Smart teams don't see what you are. They see what you can be. We can do this with him. And I think in a discussion like Curry, I think, you know, the Warriors saw, a lot of people saw Curry as out. They couldn't guard anybody. Who is he going to defend? He's so skinny. He can't get through the lane. No, no, we can do this with him. And they dump Monte Ellis and make Curry the guy. Seahawks put Cam Chancellor at safety and boom, instantly. I mean, I think he was starting uh, as a rookie, but I mean, he came into the league and played a lot quickly and became a major factor. And their secondary is one of the all-time greats. And I see some of that in myself, of course. You know, I'll never forget when they were, like, recruiting me to Fox. I was like, well, he's only done radio for, like, a year. Uh, he's, like, an internet guy. Can he talk sports? Does he have credibility? What, what do we do? They, they didn't know what to do. So I would, like, float around and do certain segments. And I was just, it was just frustrating. And I felt, it felt dumb. It's like, I can talk about anything, guys. Like, what? But again, you can't really sell them on it until you're in the spot. So of course, they don't know what to do with me. Cowherd then sees, well, this guy's done this, this, this. I, I've heard him. I, I brought him on the show. He, I know what he. I know he can do this. And there was still doubts, of course. And then of course, Cowherd does convince them. Let, let me be on the show. And now here we are, two a year and a half in, and the show's setting record ratings practically every month. Like we're crushing. The show's on fire. Um and like I looked at the Clippers and I said, wait a minute, you're telling me James Harden, Ty Lu, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they're not going to figure this out? With, with guys like Terrence Mann, they didn't have to give up Man. Remember, the Sixers apparently wanted Terrence Man. Got to have Terrence Man. They didn't get him. Like Terrence Mann's a good player. He's going to be a rotational guy, um, a key rotational guy in the playoffs for them because he's, for my money, their best defender. You don't want Paul George and Kawhi who are elite defenders. I don't think you want them defending The opposing star in a seven-game series at the beginning, you know, maybe you get to Game Five and it's like, all right, Kawhi, it's time. Yeah, it's you know, worn down. They're going to be having to play close to eighty-two games and then defend. And no, I don't want to hear about Michael Jordan did that. Stop it, Jay. These guys are old. They're injury-prone. I think Man's valuable. I think Norm Powell, as he showed, I mean, that guy's a big-time scorer. You talk about a guy like Bones Highland on the bench. Like I like this Clippers team, and it just took a little longer than normal. Rob, they're figuring it out. They're slowly but surely climbing the standings in the West while the Lakers were winning the in-season tournament. Everybody was all excited. They're now struggling. They lost to the Bulls last night. Oh, would you look at the NBA standings? We are roughly 27. uh, So We're one-third of the way through the season. Oh, and the Clippers are fourth. Shucks. Oh. Only three and a half back of the Timberwolves, who nobody thinks is going to stay there. And oh, look at that point differential! Paperclips have been blowing people out, plus six, uh, plus six point differential. That's better than the Bucks. Now it's not Sixers level, but Sixers have played a cupcake schedule. But Rob, I, I look at these clips. I mean, I, I, you don't want to go overboard. I, I'll just say this: if the horses are healthy, I think the the floor for them is the Western Conference Finals. The floor. And I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if it's the Nuggets in the second round. I don't care if it's the Suns, Lakers. I think their floor, now the big three have to be healthy. And that's Harden, Kawhi, and PG. And I know that's been an issue, so that's why I can't go overboard. But Rob, if they, I think their floor is Western Conference Finals.
2: That's spicy. That's spicy for a late December podcast. Um, but I don't. <laughs> I don't totally disagree with you because... You know, it took them a while to or not a while, it took about a week and a half, two weeks for them to kind of get their bearings. And you would think that they go from losing, what was it, five or six in a row to now winning nine straight? It yeah. must have been something dramatic. No, it it was just Russell Westbrook is now gonna go to the bench and Russell Westbrook is only gonna play eighteen minutes a game. There you go. That's the cleanest way to make it so that we can satisfy the the star power on our roster. James Harden, go back to being James Harden. We don't want ISO ball, but we need James Harden to be our point guard. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George should be the finishers. And up until last night, I know he had a still a solid game, 17 and 11 for James Harden. He didn't shoot it that well. But entering that game against Dallas during their winning streak was averaging about 18 and nine on 48% shooting from the field. But here's the best one. A career low 19% usage rate. Oh, James Harden was up in the high 30s in Houston. Yeah. Right. Like he, him and him and Giannis were competing to see who can set the record for the highest usage rate in NBA history. On top of that, you know, they have these great players. They got Kawhi. They got Paul George. Some nights they have Westbrook. You mentioned Norman Powell had a good game last night. So they have plenty of guys who can score, plenty of guys who can do a lot of different things. Plenty of guys, honestly, who need to be set up by another player. Enter James Harden that's what he's been doing. He's been the point guard. He's been distributing. But on the times when they need him to go vintage James Harden, to go Houston Harden, to go with the isolation, make something happen, no help, no rotation, anything like that, he's averaging a career-high 1.32 points per possession on isolation, making him the fourth-best isolation scorer in the NBA behind only Luka, Zion, and Jason Tatum. So this James Harden acquisition has been a dream come true for the Clippers. They've been searching for a point guard ever since the Kawhi-Paul-George pairing became together. Russell Westbrook was a fine fit with them, if only because he was like a legitimate point guard. James Harden has been a huge upgrade. This team is absolutely dangerous. Again, if they can stay healthy, the sky is the limit.
1: So I, I was unaware of the Harden numbers. What do you think that is a testament to? Like, if he was an ISO guy in Philly, they could kind of clog up the lane and say, okay, P.J. Walker, go beat us. Um, or, or, yeah, P.J. Walker was the... P.J. Tucker. Uh, Tucker. was with the uh, Sixers last year, you're right. Or, 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 or we'll, we'll, Tobias Harris will live and die with that. That's fine. Um, Tyrese Maxey was still emerging. And then Embiid. But now, if he goes ISO, uh, you're not leaving Kawhi, are you? You're not leaving Paul George. You sure as hell aren't leaving Norman Powell who had just been unbelievable from deep I, I that's a thing I had not factored in like you can't really double off him I guess if Zubac is in but Zubac is such a good rim runner man like he knows his role that guy doesn't take bad shots it feels like
2: yeah and, and the other thing is he doesn't really do it a whole heck of a lot when Zubac is in he usually has the pick and roll action with him right and So there's two things. Number one, they go small a lot, probably even more than I would like, but they go small a lot where basically Kawhi Leonard is guarding their centers. But the other one, and this might be the sneaky acquisition of the the short NBA season so far, getting Daniel Tice on the buyout market for absolutely nothing. Just last night, he only played 16 minutes, right? Scores 11 points, goes two of two from deep. If he can hit that at a respectable, not even a high clip, just like mid thirties, 33, 34% then he's another guy that you can't help off of. So James Harden is going to be able to get relatively easy, clean looks against what should be the third or fourth best perimeter defender on the opposing team. So this team is is, is built very
1: well, and, and, and again, they're going to be very, very good as long as they stay healthy. I'm trying to find out where Tice was. So he was in Indiana, and... Last season, and uh, yeah, it was oh, in Indiana. Got bought, okay, he got bought out. Okay, there it is. And then he goes to the club because I thought he was out of the NBA, but looks like that was a little further back when he was playing for um, some team in Germany and all over the planet. Um, listen, he's he's solid now, he's 31 years old, which is um older, but you know, these six, six, eight, 250 kind of bigs who are mobile. Yeah, Clippers have done it. Here's a sucky thing, Rob, before we get to Best Bet. I I don't like the Clippers. I'm just rooting not just for my take to be right, but I'm kind of rooting for Harden to figure it out now, not at the expense of LeBron, obviously. Um, but I do. I it would be nice if Harden, you know, was able to get that monkey off his back. Like, dude, he knows the deal. He always does it deliver in the post in the postseason when it matters most. And I just that that's it just sucks for him because he's a really 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 good player, as you know. Um so yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't like the clips, but again, it's easy easy to uh, kind of root for this storyline. I'm not gonna um say any. I don't. We don't need to go into the Nuggets here, but it, it does feel like maybe the the Lakers won the end season tournament and are kind of like a little sluggish after that. There's a come down, and it feels like the Nuggets have finally hit that we're not as locked in zone that we expected out of the gate. They're too but they're too bigger professionals for that but they're not playing as dominant as they were. We know Minnesota's going to fall off your, your great call on OKC. I, I will see what happens. Chet Holmgren's playing out of his mind, but um, Western conference getting interesting. Very, very interesting.
0: All state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
3: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
0: And then you have China.
1: The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Fire. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code Straight FIRE only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877 8 HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources.
0: The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
1: All right, let's wrap up with the best bet. Rams saints tonight from sofi rob are you going or no absolutely not definitely not
2: i, I have no interest in watching Derek carr versus matthew stafford on a thursday night
0: oh, in l.a
2: on, traffic man. during a rainstorm. Oh, is it going to be raining again tonight it's, yeah it's going to be raining the rest of this week i know they don't have to worry about that at sofi because they have the overhang but i just
1: no, no interest in driving situation. in l.a
2: traffic and parking with the rain
1: um, I'll just say this about this. Getting out of SoFi, oh, man, it's rough. After SoFi, you you all get shepherded one way, and it's, of course, the opposite way we have to go. You just get pushed that way, try, the way the traffic goes, which stinks. Um, but I am curious. If you guys look at the injury report, there was a big change um, late in the week that kind of twisted things for the Saints, and I think why some money came in on them. Because Chris Olave, the wide receiver, kind of their game-breaker, um, the guy that scares you down the field, He is going to play clear from concussion protocol, which is huge for my fantasy league, which I know you don't care about. Um, Let me go quick aside, Rob. Fantasy question. This is the tough one. So I sneak by in the Fox League last week thanks to the immortal Nick Mullins and the Raiders defense. This week, I'm in the Fox League and I'm playing to get the number one seed. I'm in deep trouble. Here are my quarterback options because CJ Stroud was my guy. He's out. I've got Baker Mayfield, against Jacksonville I've got Joe Flacco against Houston and I got Nick Mullins against Detroit do any of those wet your beak <laughs> no but well, it's gotta be uh, it's gotta be one of them I have. if like, I
2: had to pick one I'd probably pick Flacco
1: interesting I had it as Flacco and then I looked around and I was like well Baker Mayfield like let's say Jacksonville's scoring a lot which is reasonable Baker's gonna be chucking the rest of the game and sure he's probably good for two interceptions but why can't? Why isn't reasonable to expect him to throw some TDs? I mean, it's not like the Jags D is good, um, so that, that I think that call could decide the game. The other thing is last week, like I was really savvy with the defenses, but I didn't look ahead to this week, and and I'm I'm left with the Bears against Kyler Murray, not ideal. Um, I'm definitely not taking the Saints defense tonight. It's out there, but I just I, I cannot go against the Rams here. Now here, the four and a half was the line. I told you I bet it earlier in the week. It's come down to four. I'm surprised. I'm still shocked that people came in and are betting the Saints here. Now, the Rams have been an underdog a lot. They played some really strong teams. They're about as healthy as they've been. Um, you know, no Cooper Cup on the injury report. 2-2 out well back from the concussion. Like, they're in great shape. I just, I, I, Rob, I can't, here's what I can't get over. I didn't think the Rams were going to be good this year. And sure, they looked overpowering, against Washington taking a massive, what, 28-7 lead or whatever it was. They let Washington come back in that game, didn't put them away. Rams as underdogs have been great. Stafford's going to keep throwing to get, to stay in the game. Rams as favorites, laying points. I, I, again, I don't like the Saints defense. Um, still no Lattimore. I, I, There's just, just not a great anything. I'm like, I don't really care. That the last two weeks they shut down Tommy DeVito and, and, and Bryce Young. That doesn't mean jack squat to me. I don't. I mean, Paul, uh, they got the the cornerback uh, Paulson Adebo is having a great year, the kid from Stanford. But it's like, is he going against Cup? Is he going against Nakua? I I, I don't really love anything about the Saints team. I, I think the Rams win. I just I'm having a little trepidation um, doubling down on my uh, on my Rams minus four and a half, or it would be at four now. Where were you at on this one? I would lean Rams, um,
2: and I'm probably a little bit more confident in it than you, only because, and you touched on this, you know, briefly. We don't know what kind of shape Chris Olave is going to be in, um, yeah. especially given the fact that he is like the last receiver standing in that room. You know, Michael Thomas was going there early in the season; he's been out. Um, Raheem Shahid has been up and down; he's very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That's his style of play, and Olave is really the like guy he can count on. The Rams defense isn't great, but it's good enough where if we're only really concerned about one guy, we can probably slow down that one guy, especially when you factor in that Derek Carr' is at the controls, and this is yeah. historically the situation where Derek Carr would come up small, standalone primetime game with something to play for, because both of these teams are in the middle of a playoff chase, that the Saints might even try to you know, win that division outright. And so, this is historically a situation where Derek Carr becomes captain check down. So, I expect a lot of passes to Alvin Kamara in the backfield, three, four, five yards a clip. I don't think that's going to be enough, though, to keep up with Stafford, Cup, Nakua, and that Rams offense. So, I like the Rams even laying the points.
1: Now, that's interesting because um, I, I look at the coaching mismatch. Uh, listen, Dennis Allen has been brutal this year. I'm guessing he's going to play this extra conservatively. Um, and McVay, we know, is great at getting out to lead. So now you're looking at Derek Carr coming back on the road. Uh, we know Carr hates pressure up the middle. He's a, a mobile-ish quarterback, but not super mobile. Like, this could be an Aaron Donald game. Um, we saw that uh, Ramchick, uh is out for the Saints uh, interior offensive lineman. Pr- pretty good pretty good player. I'm waiting to see who, if his backup is any good. But, like, I, I cannot find a discernible edge for the Saints here. I I just I don't see where they have an advantage, other than the fact is, the Rams tend to, as favorites, play down to their opposition, get too conservative, and next thing you know, it's a close game. But the Rams have played a brutal schedule this year, and it's one of those situations where I, 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 I think the Rams are the side here. Um, Kyra, that offense, Kyron Williams, Nakua Cup, Hybe's high, high back, he's playing at a higher level. I feel like this offense should be able to have a lot of success at home. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Saints. You know how the Rams games sometimes, as, as Steve Hartman said yesterday, Rams and Chargers games tend to be like 40, 60, 35, 65 opposing team crowd? There's no Saints traveling here for this, right? No, not during Christmas week. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, no. And it's a, it's a Thursday night. I, I just I don't see it happening. So I, I'll go Rams uh, 23, Saints 17. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with Week 16 Gambling Expert Guy. Um, It's going to be tough to duplicate it. I don't love the lines this week, but we'll do our best. We'll talk to you then.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
3: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.